Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Friend of a Friend. It's your host, Liv Perez. I hope everyone had a great weekend and the start of your week is going well. I'm currently recording this episode at the tail end of last week. I feel like it's been a very busy start to fall, but I'm excited. I love fall. I feel like I always have a ton of really fun work trips lined up. I'm going to be in New York a few times over the next few months. I have a bunch of destination weddings, so I'm really looking forward to fall. And of course, as you guys know, just can't wait for fall fashion. Believe it or not, September has come and gone and the end of fashion month is here. Can't believe it. It always goes by so fast, but at the same time, I see my friends who do every single week and I'm like, oh my God, one week killed me. I give them the most credit in the world for being able to go around the world and do every show. It's truly, truly, truly an Olympic sport, I think. (laughs) I've loved watching all of their coverage and I've loved watching the shows. So today's episode, we're going to be breaking down my favorite moments from the past fashion month, my thoughts on a few things and trends that I've seen, and what I'm really excited to see as we move forward into fashion. There's so much change going on in fashion right now. I feel like we're seeing a lot of rebrands, a lot of new eras, a lot of new designers, what we want to say goodbye to, what we want to usher in. It's all very exciting. Overall, I feel like this season, compared to most others, I feel like it felt a little bit less glamorous and maybe in a good way. I feel like the past few seasons, the clothing has really been centered around this like essential wardrobe essentialism, quiet luxury vibe, which again, we are moving on from, but it has just felt very different. It felt like the focus has been really different. While the clothes have been a little bit more minimal, I feel like the attraction of every show has been a little bit more maximalist. We've seen a lot of gimmicks. We've seen a lot of like crazy celebrity moments. So I feel like Fashion Month has really been on a roller coaster the past couple of seasons, trying to strike that balance between entertainment and fashion. I was definitely itching for something that like took my breath away. I feel like I had that maybe one or two times, but I feel like for, you know, a usual calendar, I feel like I see it a little bit more than I usually would. But again, that might just be because I feel like the industry is really focusing on these essential wardrobe everyday, making the everyday exciting. I've really found in my experience in the industry that fashion can just be so fickle. There's new designers, new debuts, collaborations. And I feel like, you know, even everything I'm saying right now, I'm a part of the problem, but we're so used to needing more from the industry and what we're seeing. We need new collections, new designers, new collaborations, more things, more moments, more glamour. And again, while I wanted those moments of my breath being taken away, I did kind of feel this like sort of ease 
this season watching the industry and the designers create moments and clothes that I feel like I could just sit here and say, yeah, that's great for every day. There might have been more things that felt commercial, but I really enjoyed those moments and I wasn't experiencing moments that felt as fleeting as what we'd say is like a fashion gimmick, like a moment where a designer creates something absolutely crazy during a show that you would you know, never expect and that becomes the viral moment. And I feel like we had less of those. I feel like we had less of these like clickbaity, gimmicky moments this season. It really felt like some of these brands and a lot of the designers were really just trying to hone in on their brand ethos. Like who are they, especially as we're in this time where a lot of the major houses have taken on new designers and they're just at the beginnings of their career. It really feels like they're trying to hone in on the brand ethos what their iteration of the brand is, while also still respecting that heritage. It felt really focused on that versus just doing it for the clicks. A really good example of this, I felt like, was Loewe, which I do feel like Loewe can sometimes be very gimmicky. For example, the first thing that comes to mind are like the pixelated items that Jonathan Anderson came out with, I believe it was two or three seasons ago. Those were all over my Instagram, all over my TikTok. And While I felt they were really cool and fashion forward, they definitely created a lot of conversation and a lot of chatter online. It also wasn't something that I would necessarily say that is necessarily wearable for someone like you and me. It definitely felt like this moment of creating conversation and pushing the Loewe conversation forward. Loewe as an innovative, interesting, forward-moving brand. And honestly, really quickly, I just want to quickly say, Jonathan Anderson can do no wrong in my mind. I think he is the designer of the moment. I think he is actually the designer that's pushing the industry forward, really challenging all of his fellow peers. And a lot of people in fashion, I think, look to Loewe to see what's interesting and what's new. And honestly, I think if there's any designer at any show that has the coolest people sitting front row, not always the most followed person on Instagram or TikTok, but someone who's actually doing something very interesting culturally, I think Loewe is that show. So again, in both clothing, in ethos, in partnership, I think Loewe is the brand pushing things forward. But I did see a really big shift in what was on the runway this season. I didn't see anything that was gimmicky. In my mind, this season of Loewe, again, what I was saying earlier, took that idea of what it means to elevate the everyday and do something really interesting with it. I felt like the high-waisted pants, although they're not for me, they definitely gave me a different perspective on how to style clothing. It felt simple, but really exciting and something that I really was inspired by. I'm not really someone who gets inspired by gimmicks. They're interesting. I love clicking through them and watching, but it's not something that inspires me. And that's what Fashion Month for me is really about. Whether I'm meeting new people, seeing friends from around the world, getting coffee, getting drinks, being out there in the world, sitting at the most beautiful shows in the world, all of that is based around inspiration. We're sharing creativity, sharing what's on each other's minds. And so I think this collection really felt inspiring to me because it was different. It felt inspired. Everything was like, I wanted to sit there and say like the high-waisted pants, for example, like what was the moment that Jonathan was like, I want to do that. Like I want to know that inspiration and that inspiration inspires me. Another piece that really caught my eye was that very simple, beautifully crafted navy cardigan. But instead of both lapels just being very simple cut cardigan, one of them had a white collar and the other was plain. And while it was such a simple addition, it creates complexity to the eye. It makes it interesting. It makes it different. And that's something that I could see someone like you and me wearing with a pair of jeans and a pair of flats or a loafer. 
it's not out there. It's not something that I could never see selling commercially or being picked up off the runway. This is something that's new and exciting and is a fresh take on something that we wear every day. It's just those little subtle details to me that make you think and also make you want to dress differently. And to me, that's what it's all about. It's how can I take this piece, challenge myself, discover a new side of myself and wear something different. While we're talking about Loewe pieces, I am also so in love with that new Loewe squeeze bag. If you've been listening to this pod for a while, you guys know I love a slouchy bag. And I feel like it's really in this season, a bag that goes over your shoulder that's usually a little bit oversized, fits everything, doesn't have a lot of shape to it, has like a big opening around the strap, and it's just something you can throw all your stuff in. This is like, to me, the quintessential slouchy bag. Definitely an investment piece, but I'm really loving the details on this slouchy bag. I love the like rouging up at the top. I love the gold embellishments. I love the gold chain. Like this is just such a beautiful bag. Also love the different colors. I've seen like a red and a black. I've seen it in like the beautiful brown, a beautiful white, like cream color. I don't know. I just love this bag. I think it's, it definitely looks really comfortable and fits a lot. It's such a good one. I first saw it actually because Greta Lee was wearing it. Greta Lee is on the morning show. If you guys don't know who she is, she's also in a Loewe campaign right now. And again, I think that Jonathan just does such a good job of picking the right people to front Loewe. She's so fab. I love seeing her at the show. She was sitting next to Anna Wintour and Josh O'Connor and Taylor Russell, all faces who I just love to see blend into fashion. For me, that show is always the one that I'm most excited to see because of the people there. It's always just such a good blending of entertainment, art, and fashion. We'll be right back after a quick break. I have such a sweet tooth. I am someone who always needs something like sweet or like a baked good after every single meal. It's just who I am and I'm not going to change it. But lately I have been wanting to find a way to quell my sweet tooth without all of the unnecessary bad things for me, which is why I have been using a brand called Stellar Eats that I know you guys are going to love if you have the same sweet tooth as me or even if you don't. Stellar Eats are grain-free baking mixes made with eight or less real ingredients like almonds, coconuts, and dates. They make mixes like carrot cake, banana bread, my personal favorite, and coffee cake that are also gluten-free, paleo-friendly, and naturally sweetened with coconut and date sugars. What I love most about them is that their taste and texture are just like traditional treats. I know sometimes when you get something gluten-free, you're like, eh, this feels weird. These are just like the real deal. And in my opinion, they honestly taste better. It was started by three women who are frustrated with diet culture and how healthy eating is made all about how you look and not about how you feel or honestly how good the food tastes. So they're on a mission to change the way wellness brands speak to consumers like us about eating well. You guys have to try it. They're so easy. You can make them at home in literally under 30 minutes. Visit StellarEats.com. That's S-T-E-L-L-A-R-E-A-T-S.com and use code FRIEND at checkout for 20% off your first purchase. That's StellarEats.com. Use code FRIEND for 20% off your first order. Stellar Eats is also available at Whole Foods nationwide. So if you have one nearby, go check it out. At this point, I think you guys know I'm a shopaholic. Not only is it my job, but I also love to make sure that my closet is a constant representation of me, experimenting with new things, but also finding items that are a huge part of fashion history, which is why today's episode is sponsored by eBay and the eBay Authenticity Guarantee. I've been shopping on eBay for over a decade now, and it's my go-to source for finding items that I know will be in my closet forever, will allow my closet to be more sustainable, but also find items that, again, make me feel like I am a part of the industry and that I'm keeping a little bit of history. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, whether you're looking for a head-turning handbag 
or a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, or sneakers and streetwear that make every step feel fly, eBay is there making sure the things you love are authenticated by real experts. Because we all know there's no better feeling like real. And these days, to know for sure you're getting the real deal, go straight to eBay. When you're searching, just look for the blue check mark. All of those items will specifically say authenticity guarantee, and that means when you buy it, you can be confident that it's going to be authenticated by real experts through a hands-on, detailed inspection. Every stitch, sole, logo, and inch of it, they're making sure it's the real thing. Listen, when you are finally ready to buy that thing you love, you have to make sure you're not going to catch a fake. And with eBay's authenticity guarantee, it's easy. Again, just look for that blue check mark and you know you're getting checked by real experts. Whether they're specialized in sneakers, streetwear, watches, jewelry, handbags, these are real people who really live for this. That way, when it hits your doorstep, not only do you know it's real, but that feeling you get when you put it on is also for real. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Now let's get back to the show. I want to route back a little bit to the topic of gimmicks because let's talk about Caproni. While I definitely would never, ever call the spray-on dress a gimmick, it was definitely a viral moment that I feel like carried last year's show. Couldn't tell you anything that was in that collection. I was transfixed by this spray-on dress moment. It was so iconic. But it was interesting. This year, people actually like commemorated the one-year anniversary of it. But this year, there was such a big focus on the clothes because there was no distraction. I actually really don't mind that Caperni leans into these really cool viral moments. I think it is a unique point of view for that brand. I actually look forward to their collections because I sit there and say, what innovative moment in tech are they about to bring to fashion? Even the year before the spray-on dress, they did that robot face-off. That was really crazy. It was like a robot dog that was on the runway and like almost had like a duel with, I think, one of the designers. I think that's cool. Tech and fashion to me is still such, I think, an unearthed industry. I love to see more of it. I love to see how we can advance fashion through tech. While I do think that there are such different ideas, like one that is so, in my mind, it's like left brain and right brain, like one is so creative and the other is just so robotic, quite literally. I do think that there's a fun overlap and Caperni does it really well. But so this year, there was no distraction, no tech moment, no center moment away from the clothes. And this year, the collection was actually based all around music, which I thought was a really interesting choice. I read a little bit of the show notes, and it was interesting to think of clothes as an instrument. And the way that we use instruments to express the way we feel, I feel like as someone in fashion, I also use clothes as an instrument to share how I feel. So I liked the symbolism there. There were a lot of different motifs throughout the show. One of the dresses had like a triangle symbol at the center. There was a speaker motif on some of the jackets. And then most notably, I feel like if there was any gimmicky viral moment, they had the Caperni swipe bag, which is like a top handle bag that was actually a Walkman, like the old school music playing Walkmans. It was really fun. I wonder if it will sell, but I really liked the take. I thought it was fun. Shows like this, though, really make me think because I also watched this show in contrast to the Valentino show, which actually was a beautiful testament to women's liberation. Pierre Paolo, the creative director, was very focused on creating these beautiful female forms through cutouts that weren't so obvious. It wasn't your obvious cutout on the side. It looked like art in a way. It looked like plaster on a ceiling in like a Parisian loft. It looked like a beautiful Greek vase. It was very different. What I loved about this, though, is like that felt like an ethos to me. That felt like an idea that he had that he put through his work and wasn't so obvious. Whereas a Coperni idea, that feels like a theme. And while I think both are important and both were executed very well, 
I wonder if both are necessary. I feel like designers can design based off of an ethos and a feeling and don't always need a theme. Again, while I thought Caperni was fun, I do feel like Valentino took the concept of taking this idea and a mission and what Pierre Paolo wanted to convey and did it in a way more impactful way. And I think that's what's most important, right? Like, I think the most amazing shows that I've ever been to, I've walked away just speechless. There's shows that aren't just about the clothes. It's about an idea and it's about an inspiration and it's about something that actually hits me viscerally and emotionally and stays with me. I think a really good example of this was the recent Tori Burt show during New York Fashion Week. The venue that she chose, the clothes that she designed, all of it had a really similar ethos. It was about movement. It was about curves. It was about honoring the female body and not having anything sharp. It was about creating this sense of ease in a world of chaos. And it didn't need to be so obvious, but I felt that ease when I walked into the room because the space was curved and it was open and it was beautiful. And it also happened to be designed by a woman. And then when the clothes came out, I felt that ease as well because the ethos was strong across all elements of the show. So again, I think for me, when I'm at a show, I prefer an ethos versus a theme. I don't need a theme, but I need a feeling. A brand that I actually think balances that idea of themes well, while also producing commercial items, is Scaparelli. I am always blown away by this show. It's always just something completely out of the box, completely from a different world, so unexpected. Like, it always goes viral on TikTok, but I also think does such an incredible incredible job of showing you how, as a designer, you can make something that honors the house codes and also make something that is incredibly sellable. I think they really strike that balance. And again, as I mentioned earlier, I think Loewe actually did that really well this season too. In the past, I felt like it's either been like glam, major, extreme, inaccessible to so many people. And then there have been some seasons that are like, great, we're paring it down. We're giving everyday street style, chic wardrobe essentials. This season, I feel like I was getting both, which is why maybe, as I mentioned in the beginning, I felt at ease because I was getting a little bit of my breath taken away, but also seeing things that I know that I can wear. And that's maybe a new feeling for fashion. For example, back to Scaparelli. Scaparelli has an iconic lobster dress originally designed by Elsa Scaparelli. And actually, it had this beautiful lobster drawn on it by Salvador Dali himself before he died. And Daniel Roseberry, the creative director of Scaparelli, brought back that lobster motif in a larger-than-life way and added quite literally a, like, 3D lobster onto a dress and a skirt. So although the dresses might feel out of reach because it's a big moment, I actually think it was a necklace on top of a dress. I also love to see the lobster brought onto this other moment, which was an all-white look, white button-down with a white skirt with the white lobster at the rouging of the center of the skirt but it was incredibly muted. It almost looked like it was like clay built into the skirt. You can barely see it. So I loved this because not only did he honor the history of the brand with this like incredible moment from history that was brought up and people love to reflect on it. Also, the Salvador Dali moment is crazy, but then he also made it sellable. I could totally see so many people who might not dabble in a normal Scaparelli piece, which might feel a little bit out of reach or like something you wouldn't usually wear, I could totally see people wearing this lobster skirt with like a white button down and flats in the summer, casual enough to wear to a dinner party or an event and also be wearing Scaparelli. I think he very successfully took this moment from Scaparelli history, modernized it, and then also at the same time introduced a whole new audience of people who can engage in Scaparelli who might not feel like they can usually. 
Also, speaking of that, they are launching eyewear, which I think is the perfect entry point for any brand if you are someone who doesn't feel like you necessarily engage with their ready-to-wear or maybe it's inaccessible or unaffordable. Eyewear is always the best way. I am so excited to see it. It's a lower price point. And obviously, let's be real, this is not going to be like everyday eyewear. This is going to be like couture eyewear. Maybe there'll be a lobster on it. Who knows? I have no idea. (laughs) I'm very excited to see this brand that is known for like glamour, couture, high-end clothing, evening wear kind of find its way into the everyday. I say this often. I think we're just kind of starting to really get back into that era of everyday elevated dressing. I feel like we missed it for a while. I feel like there was a big focus on evening wear. We had so much evening wear. I love to see brands like Anine Bing and Veronica Beard thrive because they make such incredible everyday wear. But it's cool to see Scaparelli also try to get in there as well. And then there was Gucci, who really decided to honor their history this season and go way back. Almost, I feel like, obliterating the Gucci that we have grown to know today. Not a bad thing, though. I'm not going to lie. There were no billowing gowns, no crazy logos, no sequins everywhere. This season was a way more pared-back version of Gucci, as Sabado de Sarno, the new creative director, unveiled his first new collection. It was called Gucci Ancora, which means Gucci still. Ancora translates to still. And I actually really love this name because I think, again, it's very reminiscent. It brings back all of these moments from archival Gucci. It's Gucci still in its present. And we got a lot of hints of this transition through their latest campaigns. They felt a lot sexier, a lot sleeker, a lot chicer. I saw that collection and I was like, I felt like the wind blew past me because it felt like such a strict departure from what we know. First of all, I loved the collection. But secondly, I loved the bravery to do that and just say we are this iconic brand. We're going to bring back different codes. We're going to go through different eras like we do as people. And I love that for Gucci. We're trading in long billowing sequin gowns for mini skirts, and I'm here for it. Definitely more sellable, which is I know what Gucci's trying to do. And there's just so much here I would wear on a daily basis. I'm truly so excited to see more of this vision come to life over the next few collections. I feel like in the past five years, Gucci just absolutely skyrocketed. And I think we're about to see that again. I'm excited for the sexier Gucci. It's back. I'm ready. I love it. We'll be right back after a quick break. Since we were talking about boots last week on the show, I have not stopped thinking about them. I cannot wait to wear them all fall. I've been looking for really cool different ones and also some really good classics to add to my wardrobe. And there's a pair from Bionic, which you guys know I absolutely love, and it's called the Inessa Tall Boot. It's so cute. Comes in black, comes in brown, and also a chocolate cover. And it's just that boot that is perfect for Every day, it's comfortable and so chic. In case you guys haven't heard of Ionic, it's a shoe company that brings balance to our lives from the feet up. They use an exclusive Via Motion technology that sets them apart from all of the other shoe brands out there. They actually began by revolutionizing medical orthotics, but today they continue to use that science to engineer shoes that leave you feeling energized and confident all day. And they also have the best curated styles to get you ready for the season, with rich leathers and suede for your workwear favorites, weather-ready boots for trips to the pumpkin patch, and performance sneakers to keep you moving. And now you guys can use my code FRIEND15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at www.bionicshoes.com. That's V-I-O-N-I-C-S-H-O-E-S.com when you log into your account. And it's a one-time use only, so make sure you get a great pair. Again, I love those boots. So cute with a pair of jeans and sweater for the fall season. And they'll also take you into winter. That's V-I-O-N-I-C-S-H-O-E-S.com for 15% off your entire order. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. 
Did you know that you can tell the difference between a laboratory-grown diamond and a natural diamond? Laboratory-grown diamonds are mass-producing factories and in just a few weeks are easily detected due to their distinct patterns. On the other hand, natural diamonds are over a billion years old and support the livelihoods of over 10 million people worldwide. The positive impact of natural diamonds is widespread. Around 80% of the value of every rough diamond remains in local communities and supports infrastructure, healthcare, education, and environmental protection. The diamond industry has undergone significant positive transformation over the past 20 years, and to learn more about the stringent ethical standards, commitment to sustainability, and progress of the modern diamond mining industry, visit naturaldiamonds.com backslash thank you. So next time you're thinking of celebrating a special moment in your life, remember that your natural diamond also protects vulnerable wildlife species and brings prosperity to many less fortunate communities around the world. For more information, visit naturaldiamonds.com. Now let's get back to the show. There were a few really touching moments that have stuck with me that I have to share. The first one, that final bow at McQueen for Sarah Burton. I'm so devastated by her leaving, truly. She's been there for 13 years, numerous collections, and she truly was the sole successor of Alexander McQueen himself. She was trained under him. So she really knew the ethos and honestly carried it on so beautifully. I think she is the brains behind so much in fashion today. She knows how to strike that balance behind wearability and glamour. She was behind Kate Middleton's wedding dress, which was obviously iconic, and I'm so sad to see her go. But her final show was beyond stunning. There were so many pieces in there that I just... This was one of the shows that took my breath away for sure. There are rumors going around of who's replacing her. I don't know who it is yet, but I'm curious to see. Second touching moment that I have not stopped thinking about, actually, was the Vivian Westwood show. As many of you probably know, she passed away earlier this year, and this show was designed by her partner and husband, and he designed the whole collection based off of her wardrobe. Apparently, he actually designed 250 looks and picked 40 out of a hat that were actually shown in the show. I loved that it was her own clothes that inspired him. They were different and fun, and it took risks, and it wasn't this, like, technical thing of like having to see a collection that felt succinct and everything matched and it felt merchandise and easily sellable. Like this was just about art and honoring the incredible woman that Vivian Westwood was. I just thought that this was maybe one of the most touching moments in all of fashion month. And I love to see this collection that really was just so much about love versus anything else. There is one trend that I saw everywhere that we have to talk about. And it's this incredible draping. Everything right now feels so romantic. I feel like every collection I look at, I'm like, that is like beautiful and I want to wear that and I know I'm going to feel so beautiful and feminine when I wear that. And I feel like I'm seeing that in so many collections. I feel like we started to see a little bit of it last season. For example, there's one Altazara dress that came out last collection that had this beautiful draping over the shoulder and it went down to the floor. It was absolutely stunning. And I feel like that was the beginning of it. And this season, I really saw it everywhere. Ferragamo, Peter Doe, Prada, Mugler. Like, I saw it everywhere. Really quickly, while we're on this note of, like, romanticism and draping, the Mugler show was insane. Very simple, dark room, strobe light, insane fan. Models walked down the middle, and every single dress had beautiful draping and was blowing in the wind in the background. I loved the creativity, and I really loved to see clothes in motion. I feel like you know, we so often see lookbooks and catalogs and all these things, like seeing things in motion this way on the runway, especially just that wind in the background was so beautiful and is going to stick with me for a long time. 
I feel like we also saw that at Prada. One, loved the slime coming from the ceilings. Felt like that was such a cool moment. It really edged up the show. And I feel like that's what Prada is all about. Beautiful with a little bit of edge. But there were dresses that came out on that runway that were literally blowing in the wind. Had these beautiful draping moments that as the models walked were blowing behind them just by a simple walk. And it truly felt like they were being swept away. So romantic and feminine and beautiful. And I love seeing this attention to detail in terms of draping and fabrication and where things are falling so that they flow and you feel beautiful as you walk. Really into that and think that we're going to see more of it as we go. I've been seeing a lot of this draping and I want to include it more in my wardrobe too. I actually just got this top that kind of reminds me of the Altazara dress. It's off shoulder, kind of drapes on the shoulders, long sleeve. It's the Florentina knit top from Reformation. Comes in a bunch of colors, so pretty and feminine. And I can't wait to wear it with like a pair of jeans and a pair of boots in the fall. Have to share my two favorites before we wrap up this really fun debrief brain dump of fashion month. I really love seeing Victoria Beckham rise at Paris Fashion Week. I love that she's showing in Paris and not in London. And I feel like every show I've seen over the last few seasons has just gotten better and better and better. Of course, all of her locations are painfully chic. They always are. And she is as well. I'm such a big fan of hers. But I've really been loving how posh, of course, and chic her point of view is when it comes to fashion. I know this recent collection was inspired by two things her dancing growing up, and then also her life in the countryside. Two very different things, both very romantic, both very feminine. And I love to see how that came to life in her collection. I think it's actually really cool as a consumer to see someone who is so famous and so iconic draw on these very personal moments in her life and bring them into her work to share with us. I've actually been bookmarking so many of her pieces lately. She has a few dresses out right now that are just stunning. They are Really beautiful, but so classic. Also, Victoria Beckham Beauty, so good. If there's anything you try first, try the mascara. Oh my God. So I love mascara. I have really long eyelashes and I wear it all the time. Of course, I usually actually don't leave the house without any on, but getting it off, especially if you're using like waterproof or any of that, is such a nightmare. And I don't use like makeup remover wipes. Like I will just wash my face with face wash and like hope that it all comes off. That's why I love this mascara. It doesn't smudge as it comes down your face and it doesn't streak. It literally falls off. Like I can like kind of roll at my eyelashes and it will come off in like pieces. No smudging on your face, no having to double wash, no having to like rub your eyes with makeup remover. This mascara is my favorite thing in the world. You guys have to try it. And then of course, my favorite of all favorite shows. I just loved it. Bottega Veneta. I feel like Bottega to me is just saying like, let's play, let's risk it all. Like that's actually what I think they're saying as they're designing this collection. They're not sitting there being like, oh, the cohesion of the collection, like what's the overall theme? Like what are we putting together to present to people? I actually don't even think that that's ever really relevant to their collections, which sounds crazy. I actually think the most relevant thing that is like throughout every single one of their collections is this like acute focus on experimentation. It's like, let's use the most incredible leather per Bottega being known for their incredible craftsmanship and leather. But like, let's use this unbelievable fabric and let's use this crazy proportion. Like to me, that's what they're doing. That's super interesting and different. It's not expected. I get so inspired by these shows. And while I might not sit there and say, oh, I can wear every single thing in this collection, 
every piece is inspiring in some way. There was one dress in there that I was obsessed with. That pistachio leather dress was next level beautiful. You can tell the leather is amazing. You can tell the craftsmanship is there. And I'm just so here for the let's play and risk it all ethos that Bottega is bringing to the runway. So those two are my favorites. Love it. This season has really been an introspective one to me to think about what matters most to me in fashion. Is it these gimmicks? Is it these moments that, you know, stick in my head and I see all over Instagram? Is it the ethos of a collection? Is it the trends that follow? I think for me, it's really understanding the things that stick with me. And I've been thinking a lot about what it takes as a designer to imagine collections that really create impact, not just for the people who are at your shows and watching fashion, but for the people that love your brand and shop your brand. How do you create something that feels impactful? I hope you guys love this episode. If you haven't followed the show yet, make sure you follow us on Apple Podcasts, leave us five stars and leave us a review as well. And if you're listening on Spotify, make sure you leave us five stars. Some really fun episodes coming up. I absolutely love fall fashion. So there's so much to discuss. As always, if there's something you guys want to hear about, please DM me. My DMs are always open and I love hearing from you guys. Have an incredible week ahead, everyone. And I'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Friend of a Friend. Before you go, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and at tiermedia.com. And for more behind the scenes of the show, visit us at friendofafriend.us and follow me at Liv Perez on Instagram. Don't forget the two Vs. See you next week. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.